Darlings and Deadites, and welcome to the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. I'm your host, Peter. Tonight, I give to you my friend, the insanely talented Jeremy of Post Looperish. Tonight, we dig into what it is that drives him to create such music. Some of the things that are hidden beneath the surface insofar as the state of his psyche and why he is driven to create what he creates. Why he gives to us what we receive from him. Folks, this is another incredible discussion. One that serves as a cartography for the direction in which this individual has traveled in order to give us the incredible music you hear beneath my voice right now. So without further ado, I give to you Jeremy of Post Looperish on the book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. All right, so now that we're rolling, uh, do I have your permission to record your uh, voice and likeness for the purposes of my podcast? You do. You have it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, Jeremy, l- listen, I've been <clears throat> I've been really, really digging on you know the album and the album and the addendum that you just put out very recently. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, were they all recorded in the same uh, time frame? Well, they were recorded in about a year from each other. So I actually, I started recording seriously a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And, uh, you know, just messing around at home. Um, but I, I had the idea of throwing it on Instagram. I'm not a big social media person. I, I had Facebook for a little while, for a couple of months. And uh, I realized there were people I knew on there. So I immediately got off. But I did, uh, but I did, <laughs> but you know, not a huge social media guy, but you know, I, I did notice that Instagram had the ability to, uh, you know, have a little video and the music. So I thought, yeah, fun. I got all these demos. I'm very productive. I, I make a lot of tunes. And I'm like, I think I'm going to store them on Instagram. And it kind of just kind of took off from there and people started to, to follow me. So all those songs on Wistful was recorded in maybe the last year, you know. Uh, or so and then the little companion ep uh because i had a ton of them i had probably uh, i had probably like 75 demos um some of them were more you know fleshed out than others but for the most part i kind of picked i don't know some of my favorite ones and i I put it on there and wistful uh which means longing seems to fit the mood of a lot of those songs it's uh it's it's a fairly dark album um you know, one song with some vocals and the other kind of instrumentals. And again, there a lot of them were just demos and just kind of messing around. But a few folks said, hey, why don't you put it on Spotify? So I said, OK, yeah. We'll yeah. And, and <laughs> you, you know, something like it, it, it's kind of different because you get the like a, a different vibe from each thing. And then like you throw the vocals in on one track and it left. I think it left everyone kind of wanting more as far as the vocal end of it was concerned um yeah which, which i th- i think worked out and and even with wistful gray which is the you know that companion yeah, EP, little com- yeah. uh the, you know that to have everyone kind of wanting more out of a vocal uh performance 
I mean, that kind of leaves you open. Like you're, you're kind of commanding everyone like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little, yeah. little taste. I'll right. tell you the biggest part is I struggle with the vocals and it's just, you know, it's one of those things where if you're a musician or you're an artist and you know, you're really passionate about, there's going to be some aspects that you're just not comfortable with, or you don't think you do as well. And so everybody's got that little bit of doubt, no matter what. Uh, and for me, the vocals are, are tough and it's just, you know, it's not uncommon to not, you know, like the sound of your voice and, and this and that. So I honestly, the, the amount of stuff I put out, um, is you know there, there's only a minute on instagram and i actually some of them go farther now but you have to click the view video which is kind of irritating so i try to keep it less than 59 seconds but yeah. there is kind of like a verse chorus all the time and what i'm trying to do is kind of set a mood you know or kind of tell a little story with um the, the melodies of the guitar and stuff like that but every day peter every day i'm just like okay i gotta just stop for a second i got seven songs you know in the can and i really should just sit down and get in front of the mic and just start saying something. And so right. that's, that's the big goal for me is just to, to suck it up and, and just execute. That's next. <laughs> so um, I don't know how familiar you are with the format uh, with what I've been doing here, but uh, I always ask the same question first. And the same yeah. question is always, what is it that uh, inspires existential dread in you? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this too, and I think uh, you had a lot of good answers on here. Um, I a bit, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I'm a, I love science too. I'm actually a, a scientist, and uh, I think I'm afraid of uh, the fact that we might be the only ones here in the universe. And usually, people are afraid of aliens. I'm actually afraid that we're we're the only ones, and this is it. And uh, that creeps me out. You know, <laughs> just I don't know. It just creeps me out a little bit. I don't know if you caught my last episode with Chris Broach from the uh, the melodic hardcore slash emo band Braid. His existential fear and mine match one another insofar as uh, it's both we're both afraid of the same thing and it's we're both afraid of something science based. And it is yeah. the fact that <clears throat> outside the known universe, there there could conceivably be nothing. Yeah, and the idea yeah. of oblivion of nothing tariff shakes us both to our core. So I find it interesting. And, you know, in, in its similarity with what we're terrified of. But yeah, <clears throat> I mean, let, let's if we emptiness. really <laughs> emptiness, but if we yeah. examine it, you know, just because we haven't seen, you know, 100 mm -hmm. percent evidence that there is something else aside from our carbon-based life forms out there there's got to be something right yeah it's a big universe it's and that's what makes me it's a big universe there's a lot of stuff out there so most likely we're not but it's just for some reason and you know we're uh, we're, we're animals here but we're not doing so good and we're not probably going to last another thousand years at this rate it's no. going to start to get too hot and we don't do too well in 130 degree Fahrenheit. <laughs> but so this is, this. I feel like sometimes it's our, you know, it's our only chance. And I'm like, oh, I hope there's something, something out there uh, to keep it going. So especially, but, yeah. uh, you know, due to the fact that I just, you know, made, I baked vegetables today at 130 degrees Fahrenheit in my <laughs> oven. My wife and I are vegetarians. <laughs> nice. You know, like, appreciate that. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, uh, you know, as concerned as you are about the planet. Sure. Yeah. Um, I have 
oh my god i've been vegetarian or vegan since 1990 oh wow one or two og yeah yeah well i mean it's the the hardcore scene you know it's kind yeah, of impl- yeah. it's kind of implied that straight well the straight edge thing i never bought into i was always a garbage <laughs> head but right. i always cared about the planet and the animals so. sure absolutely <laughs> But yeah, it's very similar. So yeah, it's just the kind of nothingness kind of thing, which is interesting because a lot of the stuff, you know, at least, uh, you know, the music is is dark. You know, there's a lot of there's a as well at least uh, the first wistful and a lot of the stuff I do is uh, got a tinge of a dark into it or full blown uh, despair at times. But it's a, it's a mixed bag as you can see as you kind of scroll through that stuff. But it's all modeling. And, mm, and that, yeah. that that would be the adjective I would attach to everything you do modeling, because I mean, there can be uplift, but there's mm-hmm, always, yeah. there's always the element of despair mm. some, somewhere uh, threading through the entirety of it. Yeah. That's you know, stitch. Exactly. Through. Yeah. Like melancholy. Melancholy uh, for certain. Mel- yeah. Melancholy is a good one. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's weird. It's, I, after I've played guitar, I'll, uh, I'll take you back. I started playing guitar at 13. I'm a Gen Xer. So I'm in, you know, mid forties now. Me and, too. uh, <laughs> there you go. And I, I think I knew that from some of your discussion, in your other podcasts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I grew up and we grew up through, uh, the eighties. Uh, we remember the eighties. Uh, we, we yeah. went through the nineties and a lot of those influences I, and the, what I struggle with sometimes is where I kind of fit in to all this. Not that it really matters too much. I just love to play music and, and just kind of share it with people. But I, I love the eighties. You know, I started with, I think my first album was uh head on the door, uh, 85. Oh. I was 10. Yeah. So super cool. 10 kid. Yeah. Well, there's a, there was a teenage uh, neighbor who had it. So I kind of cheated there, mm-hmm. but you know, I loved that. And I got into that and I also loved uh, hair metal. I, that was, was going on at the time. So I was sure. listening to rat rat and donkin and all that stuff and when the 90s came in i mean i just loved the music in general and i totally embraced soundgarden and nirvana and all that so a lot of those elements are still with me um you know especially when you know i like a lot of big snare hits that are explosions like that's very 80s it's very it's it's almost hair metal almost not even new wave and stuff but and then a lot of alt rock so it was a 90s teen you know it was a Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins and uh, Screaming Trees and Pixies. Yeah, Screaming Trees. And yeah, Pixies was a huge Pixies fan. And, you know, obviously The Cure, too. And, and well, the they Smiths were my first love. That. The Cure and yeah. the Smiths, that was my first love, you know, and The Clash. Mine, too. My first Clash, too, yep. Was The Clash opening. Oh, was it really? Nice. Yeah. My dad yeah. took me when I was 10. So nice. So he was hip. <laughs> he was, he was a musician. Nice. Nice. Did he, yeah. what did he play? He was a, he a, jazz, a jazz drummer. Oh, wow. Nice. V- Vietnam vet slash jazz drummer. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. great. I love drums. I mean, I, so again, I grew up on guitar and stuff and I just recently in the past couple of years forced myself to learn drums because uh, if I was going to record by myself, I better start learning how to do that. So I got a, you know, got a Rollin E kit just out of convenience. So I don't uh, destroy the neighborhood and, you yeah. know, just taught myself over the past few years. But it's funny that you mentioned drums because as a, a guitarist, and I, you know, I grew up in bands singing, kind of being the lead singer and playing guitar and stuff like that. But I was always the one to put the guitar down and go behind the drums because it was the, the most fun instrument and get yeah. yelled at by the drummer being like, you know, get out, come on, let's go and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, I definitely have a, 
a, a sweet spot for for drums. So it's awesome that he played that. Yeah. So you, your background doesn't in, include any of the uh, late '80s, early '90s hardcore scene at all, then, huh? So I, you know, I was adjacent to that. I never got into it super much, but you know, all the all the band kids kind of we're all one uh, group one way or another. So, yeah. you know, I was definitely aware of it. Like one of my good friends uh, back in the day was super hardcore kid. I had a, uh, my best friend was punk, like straight, just classic punk guy. And I was mm-hmm. kind of more of the alt kid. So yeah. uh, we definitely hung out. I was definitely aware of all of it. I, I tended to gravitate towards more, you know, the Pixies and stuff and the Cure. But um, where it was, you know, back in the day, I feel like it was just smaller back in the day. I don't know. Oh, it was. <laughs> now it's overwhelming. Yeah. But I mean, I actually kind of pick up an influence of uh, a a lot of that uh, post-hardcore from the mid-90s, like Quicksand and stuff like that. Yeah, I love Quicksand. I I love Quicksand, too. I'm one of my all-time favorite bands. I pick pick up some of the, you know, some of the phrasings from, you know, Seaweed, Mm -hmm. Quicksand in your music. But yeah. I mean, they almost straddled that line because they took hardcore and mixed it with Jane's Addiction and the Pixies. Oh, and, Jane's, yeah. And of course, My Bloody Valentine and made oh, it yeah. into yeah. their own thing. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's where that comes from. But, you know, like you, you've got a, a pretty interesting soup going on. It is and, a soup. And, and what's really cool <laughs> is right now, um, that style of music is happening again. Yeah, that's so, great. Uh, good timing. <laughs> it, it, it really, it really is. So I, I guess my question is, what, uh, what sparked the fire for this project? You know, I, I, you know, again, I, I played music probably up until my mid twenties, then kind of stopped in in bands, and I always had a guitar. I always had a some sort of eight track or digital eight track to mess around with, but for whatever reason. I don't think it was a certain event. I just, you know, about five years ago, I started to be like, you know, I'm going to get an amp again. I wasn't really going to play in a band. There's, I live in uh, New York in the central area of the state and you can be in a, you can be in a classic rock cover band. Uh, that's mm-hmm. it. So there's a lot of people, at least in my area that want to play that kind of music. So I was like, I'm going to get an amp. I'm going to get some gear again and just start messing around. I was always been fascinated by the, the DAW recording stuff. It looked uh, pretty intimidating and kind of complicated, but I had some free time and I just kind of dove into that. And so that just sparked just once you have the ability to record stuff and you had the kind of feedback, I've got a looper pedal and stuff. You kind of start to hear yourself back. You're like, Oh, I'm going to record this. And I got super into all those details and just wanted to make it better and better. And then finally I had so many, demos and uh i was afraid i was going to lose them and i'm not very organized so i'm like i'm just going to dump them on uh, instagram and and uh then i was bored of just having the the music so i got stitched together about 40 different unrelated uh gifts together to, to tell a story and amuse myself and lo and behold a couple other people thought that was amusing too but yeah i just i mean my spark is just i just love music i, I love playing it i love uh uh, searching out new bands, young bands that are, you know, a lot younger than me and doing great stuff. And I'm not uh, afraid to to hit them up and just say, Hey, I love your band. <laughs> you know, I love your music sure. uh, and just to uh, talk to folks like that. And that's what the payoff for me is, is just uh, connecting with the like-minded people and just talking about bands we like. And, um, and just the next thing, the next tune comes out and just to 
to have fun with it and tell that little uh, 59 second story. And, where uh, where yeah. do these videos come from? Well, I just, you know, it's funny because uh, so Giphy or yeah, I think it's Giphy, Giphy.com is uh, embedded into Instagram. So it's the website has, you know, 1 billion gifts or whatever, and yeah. you can either save them or you can share them. And so I, um, I just wanted something to look at, honestly, yeah. because I didn't have the vocals in it. So I couldn't, you know, it was just, I needed something else in there other than just the instrumental. And so I was uh, just kind of amusing myself by stitching together, you know, just unrelated things, but, you know, to combine, they told more of a story. And uh, I was actually surprised. I haven't seen anyone else do that. I don't know if it occurred to anyone that you could randomly stitch these things together. I had um, no idea. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just, uh, but it was just fun. And honestly, it's just to amuse myself. And uh, I do take up most of the bio uh, on the Instagram real estate to say, Hey, listen, this is not my, I did not, you know, make uh, you know, I did not uh, produce this movie that everybody knows and all these little clips and stuff. So I try to give credit uh, there. And I also give credit. Uh, if I can ever find out who made the gifts, I give credit directly. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the tags are like, you know, uh, JP 492 and I don't know, JP 492, the <laughs> Instagram account. So I just say, look, look, this is not my stuff. All the credit goes to them. Absolutely. The, you know, this is, uh, just for amusement. And, um, I did find a couple artists that I tagged on Instagram and they, they hit me back up and said, yeah, it's really cool, man. I appreciate that sharing my art and things like that. So that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. So if, if we were to kind of like with, with the exception of like the cure and the Smiths and stuff, yeah. narrow, narrow down, like what, what you would have been doing, like how, what age are you exactly? 47. You're 47. Yeah, 47. So, yep. so yeah, we're very, we're very close in age. I'm a Libra. Yep. I'm 46. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> um, like what was it? What was that? Uh, that first real group of bands that made you want to pick up that guitar, write that first song. Yeah. So you're, going you're... way back, going back to, to teenage years. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, it was, I was into the music of the time, like we all were. So a lot of it was honestly, at the time I got the guitar, even though I had the cure albums, a lot of it was the metal at the time. I mean, it was like, you know, mid 80, mid 80s, late 80s. It was right on the cusp, of, you know, before alt music really got going. And we're still in the kind of hair area of Rat and those kind of bands. And I just, you know, I loved MTV. Um, we that all was did. just, I, yeah, I don't know what it is now. It's not MTV. <laughs> no, no, I don't know what it is. But uh, I loved watching that. And, you know, back in the day, and it's cheesy now, of course, but it was uh, fantasy. And I really liked the aspect that, um, you know, you could step outside yourself. And you had these dudes with this ridiculous, you know, get up on and they're kicking air and the lights and everything. And, you know, it's kind of the opposite of the grunge scene. But I, I enjoyed the big, uh, oh, you know, bigger than life uh, kind of stuff. And so... Honestly, probably the, the music I started with on guitar was like, yeah, Donkin and, and Rat and that kind of stuff and bigger than life bands at the time. What was it with Dokken and songs about dreams? I can name about mm. seven songs off the top of my head that had the word dream <laughs> or dreams from dream warriors <laughs> to in my dreams. Yes. That Dokken, yeah. I guess he had a lot of nightmares. I don't know. I don't know what Dokken <laughs> was into at that time. 
Man, and I, and I love that stuff, and I love uh, oh, yeah. you know Nightmare of Elm Street, uh, Dream yeah. Warriors, and all that. And you know, it's funny because a lot of that is you know I wink to that all the time, or tip my hat to that kind of uh, gloom and stuff. And then, uh, but it's also got the sort of over the top, you know, '80s kind of vibe at times. So uh, it's a it's a weird collection of stuff. And the the only thing I can think of is maybe it's post punk. And the only reason why I say that is post-punk is a huge umbrella. I mean, you could fit, gosh, r really a lot of different bands under there. you got the angular, uh, you know, kind of peppy, happy post-punk. You've got the, the sad boy and girl post-punk. And, you know, for post-punk, for me, it's such a broad category, but I think it's more about like the rhythm section. So if you're based in punk, you know, the rhythm section is based in punk. You've got the, the punk style beats and the eighth notes going Basically, anything on top of that might be post-punk. So that's Pretty the closest much. I can come up with a, a genre to, to fit what I'm doing. Um, but it kind of makes sense. So all those things, like the big 80s stuff, the the alt music, the the Smiths with all the layers of guitars that Johnny does. is, And it all kind of just culminates. And um, instead of uh, sifting it out, I just say, listen, I'm just going to do whatever. I, I don't care. So, <laughs> so it's a combination oh, yeah. of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I do find there is a synergy between, you know, a band like Cinderella or Faster Pussycat with, ah, you know, you, you know, I love both of those groups. I'm Faster yeah, Pussycat's going to be on uh, Faster Pussycat's going to be on this show actually, but oh um, my goodness, that's yeah, great! I love them. I love them. But good for you. I'm listening to that. <laughs> there's a synergy between them and Christian Death and Black Flag that they, they mm -hmm. all they're like they don't all sound the same but if you yeah. take black flag and you take faster pussycat and you kind of like put them together you're going to get somebody yeah. like christian death you're going to get ros williams yeah. and i think a lot of the a lot of the bands that come out where maybe at the time they're it's hard to classify them that's the culmination of their influences now it's not uh blatant right i mean they're not you're not going to yeah. do a you know, a, a hair metal guitar line, but you hear these little elements. I mean, you know, in my music, it might be the drums or something like that. And, or it might be, um, you know, I've got like four chorus pedals going. So I always get, uh, that's the cure. Anytime yeah. you turn on a chorus pedal, it's the cure. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, and then, you you know, I like all these bands, even though the internet is very opposed to the cure and the Smiths liking them at the same time, apparently, with all the memes. It's a yeah. combination. It's a combination. It just kind of comes out, and that's what it comes out to be. Well, I mean, there was a time in the earlier 80s where if you liked the cure and you liked the Smiths, you also probably liked you, too. And people Love don't realize how fucking cool, how fucking awesome you two were up to and including the Joshua tree. Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Joshua tree is, is, is perfection from front to back. That's a perfect album. It's a perfect hundred percent agree. It's, it's funny that you said that because as a, is it, so once we got out of the hair metal and you're kind of, now we're getting into the late eighties and early nineties. Now we're full blown, you know, alt rock. You know, and all yeah. rock at the time was really short for alternative, which meant you were not in a major label. Now it's a, a genre, just like indie rock. It was independent label. Now it's an actual sound. But, yeah. you know, that, yeah, absolutely. That that YouTube was a huge influence. That um, delayed, eighth note delayed guitar by The Edge and, uh, I mean, Pano's voice and uh, the very simple kind of drum patterns of, of Larry. Um, and Larry was fantastic. Larry he was, he was so in the pocket, in the pocket. Oh, yeah. 
And, it, you know, they're, yeah, they're a super group. And, you know, I don't know if we have those as much anymore. I mean, they were just, you know, larger than life. And as the, you know, the world gets flooded with music, it's it's a good and bad thing. That's not a bad thing. It's There's pros and cons to that. But, yeah. I mean, the pro is that there's so much out there. People are, do, you know, they're in their basement. They're doing stuff. It sounds great. Um, it's available now, you know, um, yeah. you can't make any money off it anymore, but it's available to, to everyone. Um, and then the con is like, you know, everything's kind of, you know, level now, which is good and bad, but it's also, there's not a lot of folks that are way out front now and are just like, you know, uh, fantasy, you know, like it's just the larger than life. But well, you take I think the good or the bad. I think the big, uh, performing artists of this day and age they're not rock based and i think right. that's probably why we're feeling a little alienated especially in our age yeah. group in our mm -hmm. rarefied late like like mid to late 40s age group mm -hmm. we grew up with you know even the hip-hop that was prevalent at the time was very punk in its way mm -hmm. yes yeah you know yeah. you know what i mean like and had it having gone to college in new york city in the early 90s i kind of mm -hmm. witnessed the conflagration of how punk rock and and hip-hop were kith and kin to one yeah. another you know what i mean yeah beastie Whereas, boys yeah. Uh, beastie boys to krs1 showing up on a sick of it all album in 1988 88. yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. like they're like they're still borrowing from one another but it's it's far less i don't know it's far less revolutionary now in, in it's homogenized opinion. now it's homogenized, in my opinion too yeah. it's homogenized at this point and it's a lot of following now there's a lot of people out there doing music because you can now because you don't need a brick and mortar studio you don't need to you don't really need to know how to play an instrument, <laughs> which and, is uh, very is, punk yeah. rock and democratizes things. But in the same mm -hmm. token, yeah. it, it alienates the musician to a degree. So I, I, I think it's all about kind of finding that fine line and straddling it mm -hmm. where, where, you know, you could be a band and a streetwear label and, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know, a social media entity you, you kind of have to learn how to do all of these things, which it's a balance. Yeah. It's a, it's a balance that I'm incapable of, which is why <laughs> the most you'll hear about my band is the first 13 seconds of this, I love, of this podcast. The, and you said it on podcast before, but what's the name of your band again? Cause I, I have listened to the 13 seconds. I enjoy it very much. Well, um, we're called heart out. It is taken nice. from, uh, the band, the fall, one of their songs. Okay. All we're, right. named, we're named after a fall song, but we sound like very cool, like, like straight up early hardcore. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like it. You, do you play guitar or are you singing? I'm, yeah. I'm the singer. Nice. All right. I'm just, I'm like just a singer. <laughs> just a singer. That's good. <laughs> well, so I, you know, back in the day uh, when I was playing in bands, I was probably, I probably left the band scene at 25. So pretty early, uh, just out of circumstance, I just couldn't find the people honestly uh, if you're doing kind of pigeonhole stuff or you don't want to be in a cover band it might be tough but i always found it very difficult to sing and play at the same time i That's can't just a pain it. in the neck i can't it's a it. pain in the neck even if you're doing punk and not that punk is always simple but let's just say you're strumming some chords it's still tough yeah <laughs> and uh 
I always wanted to either do one or the other. I'm very, I, I'm relatively introverted. I didn't really enjoy being out front. So I would have liked to just play guitar or something like that, but nobody else was doing it. So I had to sing and play guitar at the same time, just out of circumstance, but it was good for me. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually, believe it or not, incredibly shy, but I'm such a spaz. Right. I have the ability to tune everyone out. So just, and just, Yeah, just push through it. Yeah. I entertain myself completely out, out front. Like, <laughs> nice. All right, fuck you. And and punk was punk and hardcore were perfect for me because I could just yeah. be an utter spaz and ever, look how magnetic he is. No, I'm just really uncomfortable, so I'm beating the shit out of right. myself to make myself feel better. <laughs> I can identify that w w very much. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it's it's tough being out there um it's it's funny you know i used to we play shows and i'd be the first one to leave because i just uh, didn't large crowds weren't very comfortable but um i still love the music so much that i wanted, wanted to do it and hang out with those folks and so it was kind of a mixed bag but yeah i've been in um i mean i've been in metal bands i, I was in a funk band for a year oh nice. I, uh, yeah it was a gypsy a... funk stone <laughs> it was I'm a, a funny funk band i'm a big funk fan like massive massive funk fan funkadelic and uh parliament yeah. and uh, yeah parliament Bo yeah bootsy, bootsy collins rubber band yeah. was was my big big deal uh growing up and slide yeah. in the family stone my dad Absolutely. turned me on to all that stuff as well yeah i mean so i definitely you know dabbled in that because of circumstances there's funk folks that wanted to, to play and that was kind of in the college days and uh did some you know did metal i guess but nothing's ever pure with me it probably had a a tinge of alt to it or new metal with some alt singing uh, uh something like that and and then just did straight up like um i don't know just messy punk um so really the the gambit of things and um i just kind of recently settled when i say recently in the past few years because uh, i was kind of all over the board so that's good and bad it's good that you know you're Kind of experimenting and doing this but at some point if you want to do anything consistently you almost have to put constraints around yourself so if you're a kind of person like me that oh, i love that I, I love this i love this which is absolutely fine but if you want to put out something relatively consistent you're going to have to kind of narrow that band and so yeah. i did that intentionally and i just kind of settled on um yeah that chord sort of like post-punk uh, uh clean guitar kind of stuff like that but throw some keys in for flavor and um some overdrive and things like that but that just seemed to fit my personality what i was into and what i could sustain too because uh when you try out different things like you'll know if you don't want to do it like six months from then and you'll be like yeah, yeah i like this but i can't you can't play everything you have to kind of decide in some respect and there's no right or wrong it just has to feel feel right so that's kind of how i landed yeah. on that it has to have an identity. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Otherwise, and I still kind of struggle with this a little bit of who the audience is because there is a lot of mixture of elements. Um, um, so yeah, I mean like, you know, I'll ask people what, what, what is this? <laughs> and uh, I never get a straight answer because it's, although there is a thread that is very consistent uh, through it. If you listen to enough of them, there's like a hundred posts. If you're like, I get that, I get the thread that's going through this whole thing. Uh, but it's still hard to classify. And so I end up with um, really great folks that interact with me, um, super uh, cool people, uh, great musicians, and they're they're all over the board. They're, they're all 
alt uh, people, they're goth, uh, you know, all this different stuff. And I, yeah. I can't really say I'm any one of those, but I really right. enjoy all the different perspectives, though. I mean, to me, it's it's a con uh, like a complete conflagration of of post rock and mm-hmm. post punk because there's that jangly aspect and that you know very 80s derived cure smiths informed drive joy division informed drive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh but it has these sweeping very uh how do i um, i don't want to call it operatic but very just large massive you two ask you two ask uh uplifts that just lend themselves to that whole massive broad post-punk vibe which could go from you know you two to devo to joy division to blah house to even (laughs) even lycia when lycia came out in the in the uh, mid 80s you know they're very simple melodies really i mean i mm-hmm. it's funny because there's there's kind of a couple different aspects and most of the time i mean i do like a little bit of everything i got the drum machine sounds i've got the acoustic sounds that are performed actually real time on the on the e-kit and they go through either midi or they have the sound coming from the module itself so you know that's probably 80 percent of it um but it's um I lost my train of thought, but yeah, I mean, it's big. It's big. I mean, the, 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 it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the videos on Instagram, they're not fully fleshed out. And um, I tried to take the clip of the verse course because, you know, the verse uh, or the intro of the verse is a little bit of a build up and tension and then boom, the release and, and pair some cool visuals with that. And yeah, that kind of harkens back to those. Those are my influences of the big U2 hooks that are really like four notes, you know, I mean, we're talking really well, yeah. simple stuff, you know, but it sticks in your head, you know, it kind of sticks in your head when you keep repeating that stuff. And, uh, well, King Crimson, King yeah. Crimson's wonderful, but they don't stick in your head because they're not catchy. They're, they're, you know, yeah. Progressive math rock like that, like that, which is the, great. I love uh, it. I love it. I love it too. Yep. But it's not, I'm not, catchy. I'm not good enough. <laughs> Or smart enough to, to get the really complex stuff. So it's not like, a, yeah, it is kind of deliberate, but it's also like the limit of your ability to. And so, yeah, it would be a terrible like shred uh, metal guitarist or anything like that. Um, but you can do a lot with a couple notes. I mean, if we're talking guitar or bass stringed instruments, a keyboard, I mean, there's a lot of little nuance I try to put in there, little bends and to make it very ex- expressive. So I'm not singing now, but you can kind of hear that sort of vocal melody in that. And that's kind of oh, what yeah. I strive for. Yep. So we know where the, uh, the musical uh, impetus of all this came from. What is the emotional thrust behind all of this? Because I mean, you know, Morrissey and Johnny Marr knew how to make miserable music, but there had to be <laughs> that underlying misery to inspire the sound. So where's that yeah. coming from for you? That's a great question. And I've always been inspired by, gosh, I don't want to say misery or anything like that, but it is, yeah, it's kind of melancholy. I don't think I've ever had a great day where I'm like, yeah, this is, everything's going great. I'm going to write some peppy music. It just doesn't resonate uh, for me. And that's, you know, anytime you listen to any music, the only reason why you listen to it 
the most subjective thing in the universe is music. You know, yeah. you play one thing and people hate it. And it's the same thing and somebody loves it, but it's whatever resonates with you. And so, yeah, that's where it comes from. I mean, as a kid, I, you know, I had a few friends, but it was, I was more introverted kid and I used music to kind of reach out and connect with other, other people. Uh, so it wasn't super outgoing, but I realized that I could play the guitar fairly well. And that was a, a invitation to talk about it with, with others and kind of hang out with them. So a lot of, you know, music is, yeah, a reflection of maybe, um, you know, your mood, but also um, just kind of your your baseline approach in life or, or things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing's too traumatic, but uh, yeah, it is very... Um, it's very well wistful means long it's very like heartfelt it's kind of um and everything there's a thread of that in everything even the the songs um i did a couple recently they were more uh, peppy or major key uh but even in that there's a it's not long before there's a chord in their twist that still says you know hey we're still miserable, so just keep it, keep it under wraps here. <laughs> and that, you know, and it, the best answer is it just resonates with me. I mean, it's weird. It's uh, it's kind of a combination. If um, because there's dark stuff in there too. So it's like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and all the John Hughes mu- movies and lovesick uh, teenage angst and yeah, wrap it all up and put some big snare gated snares on there, and uh, just puts you in that mood, that mindset of uh. Yeah, just kind of deep thought. <laughs> you you spent a lot of time alone, I'm guessing. Were you an only child or had... You got it, yeah. Okay. Ding, ding, yep. ding, ding. Yeah, absolutely. And so that really helped. I mean, I was terrible at sports. I, you know, I don't know. I was just one of those kids that was kind of off in their own world. But when I found uh, music and the guitar, I just immediately gravitated towards that. It's something that you can do by yourself, you know, and the benefit is that if you so choose, other people are doing it too. So that was like a perfect middle ground for me. I could be off in my room for hours, you know, just picking away the guitar or whatever. And I, and when it's time comes, you know, I can go out and, and share it with other people. So that's always a benefit. I, I knew there had to be something. I mean, I wasn't an, I was far from an only child, but I am the oldest of six. <laughs> Okay. So, so you're separate separated from age. I was separate. Yeah. I was I was completely separated by age. I right. I uh you know I'm the oldest and then I had two sisters very close in age. So they're far away, even though they're closer in age than I am to my youngest brothers. Like I was sequestered as yeah. the, uh, the eldest and the farthest away and the weirdest <laughs> because I was a punk in the eighties. So even though I, <laughs> even though I played baseball right. and I, I had the physical gifts to play baseball, nice. I, that's not, you're not a jock when you play baseball, <laughs> not real, not really. right. If I were to play any sport, it would be baseball. And I tried, I was on the T-ball team and uh, yeah, I finished it out. I don't know if we won any games, but baseball is very uh, slow. I think yeah. if I were to play the sports, I'd play baseball because you just kind of hang out for a while and then something happens. And you kind of chill out again. <laughs> unless you played my position, I was a shortstop, so I got oh, okay. reaction. But <laughs> right. right up, right but up the line. Yeah, baseball was basically a foil for me to get college paid for, and that's really all it was. I wanted to play music. Yeah, 
I was a I was a punk rocker when I was like nine or ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so it was in, ingrained in you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And you know, I named my daughter after a Cure song. You know, and that my oh, daughter a letter to elise i named my daughter after the song a letter to nice. elise off of wish probably their best now people argue the internet's gonna explode now but i like <laughs> wish the best i i do i i you know disintegration absolutely and i love the the early three you know dark trilogy i i, I like them all but probably after wish they might have maybe just stepped back and said okay we've had some good albums this is it thank you very much uh but they continue for a little while longer i still yeah. love them uh just didn't and, resonate with me after that. Well, what what happened, I think, was after Wish, they 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 got poppier and they followed U2's yeah. lead because U2 sucked around that time too. Let's face facts. Zo- I, Zootopia, I, or, yeah, Zoropa. Yeah, I couldn't give us a Zoropa yep. for Zoropa. <laughs> that was terrible. Yes, um, yeah, it was a but experiment. It was, ugh. but but they <laughs> they never really fully found their way back. At least the no. Cure made Blood Flowers. Yeah, so Bloodflowers does stand out, and not every song, but it's one, you know, that one popped up, popped its head up and said, hey, yeah, we're still here, we're yep. still doing what we're doing, and I'm not saying there's a their self-titled album, I think it was 2004, uh, has some good songs on it, you, you know, the again, Ross, I think just the like, Ross Robinson album, yeah. Yep, I think it, they just got, yeah, more inconsistent, you know, that that's kind of, and I don't know if that's because... Uh, the you know if they decided to do that or just the way writing is uh, you know what other band is kind of great but inconsistent that I love and you might hear it in the music if you listen really hard is Deftones. Oh, I love, I love the Deftones. Deftones. They're I, I think of the Cure and Deftones as their own genre. They really yeah. are. Yeah, and maybe are. that's kind of where I'm going to. Like you just it's it's similar and too different and everything in once and they're just they're the Deftones. They're I, I don't know they're the Deftones. They're not metal. They're not alt. They're not, I don't know what they are. They're just the Deftones. And yeah. the Deftones is another band that fantastic. I mean, when they're on, they are on. Yeah. Uh, but when they're off, it just doesn't make sense to me. Did you and like unfortunately, they've had a couple. Yeah, they've had a, well, uh, I, it's better than Gore. Yeah, it is better. Gore was gore. hard. Gore, yeah. uh, that hurt. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of it, I do listen to some of the interviews is how they write. And sometimes they're, you know, listen to um, Chino, sometimes they're writing in isolation. They come back together. Sometimes they write together. Sometimes one of them writes the whole thing. And maybe that's part of it. You know, who knows? But yeah. Yeah. The Cure, Deftones, huge influences. But yeah, later years, they try to, they got a little inconsistent. But um, I'm always trying to write. The album. I'll tell you what. I'm always trying to write the album between Disintegration and Wish that didn't exist. And that's what yeah. I think of my hand sometimes. I never sit down and intentionally say I'm going to write this thing. It's going to sound right, like the Cure, even though sometimes it does. But I'm always trying to get that sound that's right between the big, empty snare explosion hits and the almost pop sad melodies of Wish, somewhere in the middle there. And then I'll I'll add in. The Smiths album, um, The Queen is Dead and uh, Strange Ways Here We Come. Something in the middle of there. <laughs> I was trying to somewhere get get in the middle. Yeah. Well, that I mean, the Deftones make sense then because they are definitely like, I mean, Quicksand again is an obvious like influence on the Deftones. I mean, their bass player just recently quit them. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they, they were. What do you think about that? 
what their do you man- think? That was their management. That wasn't the Deftones. Okay. Their, their management didn't want to pay him what he was worth. And, you know, he, <laughs> Silly. It, it's ridiculous and they're going to suffer for it. But, you know, he, he's probably better off. Quicksand just put out the best album they've done yes. in forever. So yes. he's going to be just, yeah, he's going to be just yeah. fine. But, yeah. um, yep. you know, I, I think they all kind of like it, it all comes from the same kind of place. And, you know, I, I forgot where I was going with this, but there's a um, there's a tie that kind of binds all that together where, you know, like members fall off. Yeah. And yeah. It's those kind of inner conflicts that probably ruin some albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the thing. I mean, these are these are big. These are huge bands. I mean, they, they got their big money. You know, they have to do something <laughs> so they, but, they can't afford to take uh, too much time off. Uh, otherwise, the brand hurts. Um, but, so maybe but, that's part of it. Yeah. And your influences make total sense as far as the Deftones especially are concerned, because the Deftones are a conflagration of quicksand, the mm-hmm. cure and the Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. With a little bit of Sade in there. <laughs> and a little Jawbox, too. A little bit of Jawbox, yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, I like Jawbox. Love Quicksand. And that album is great. And, uh, yeah, but it's funny that, you know, the bands were talking about Deftones, Cure, U2. Yeah, they're kind of uh, a genre into themselves, you know, almost. And so, um, I, I mean, I struggled a lot. I really, they're, you know, at a time maybe five years ago, I really started to get back into it. And I started to produce a couple songs and, you know, they weren't good. I mean, they know what I was doing, but um, I found that I had a whole, I, I didn't have the stitching correct yet. I had influences, right? I didn't, I didn't know how to stitch them together. Now I think I've got it down, but it took a long time to figure out how to actually move them together in the levels that they need to be to, have a consistency where yeah the song's different there's different elements but it's the same kind of thread um and i i struggled with wanting to be uh in a genre because you don't know who your audience is and so i i had you know initially i want i put out a few songs and um and it was tough to i don't know it's not really marketing but like making people aware because i didn't know who i needed to make aware of the music because it was right. a little too it was not gothy enough for goth, you know, it was yeah, post-punk because only because it's a huge umbrella. It wasn't uh, alt enough for alt. It wasn't metal enough for metal, you know, and that kind of stuff. And so that kind of bummed me out for a while because I felt, you know, really no reason, but I felt like I had to belong to something. Otherwise, who was I? That kind of musically, uh, you yeah. know, who was I? But then uh, once I just kind of let that go, um, it felt better at least i don't know if it sounds better but it felt a lot better i just didn't care as much anymore (laughs) to to me i i mean it seems like this generation of alter alternative indie punk hardcore people are very accepting of Mm -hmm. anything left of the dial that has integrity and a great sound so you will have bands like soft kill playing alongside bands like lesser care playing alongside bands like uh, that that sound more like a post hardcore band that sound like uh you know jazz inflected pixies inspired mm-hmm. uh, like 
noise rock type band or a Jesus lizard sounding type band. Like there's no, there's no genre anymore yeah. in the, in the underground. Not really. I mean, there are still some strictures, but for the most part, this generation of 20 somethings teens to 20 somethings are a mm-hmm. lot cooler than my generation was. And your generation was because agree. you had to be something. Yeah. You had to fit. Yeah, I don't know why that is, where. but you had the fit. You you were either grunge or you weren't grunge. Yeah, you were um, new metal or you weren't new metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you couldn't. And it doesn't matter what your influences are or whatever. You had to put those aside, essentially. Yeah. And so I do. I do agree. Uh, Soft kills great. You know, um, I, I found your podcast. I think through Lesser Care interview. I don't know. It came up somehow. I started following you, and then it went back. And I listened to some stuff. And so I think you got a good thing going here, not to get off the Thank subject, you. but Appreciate how long have you been doing this? Like a year or so? Like like a year-ish. Yeah. Like a, less than a year. My 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 during COVID, my wife kicked me in the ass. She's like, Your band's not playing anymore because everybody's you getting know. sick. <laughs> right. So you, you were a journalist and did a fanzine back in, you know, the fucking 19 whatevers. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you need to do this again because I'm getting sick of hearing you crying about shit. And <laughs> so I'm she pushed old, you. She gave you the motivation to this. This, do this, it. this podcast is my wife's. I just run it. <laughs> well, I'll honest. tell you. I listen to a, a lot of podcasts. I, I've got. Um, I'm a big sci-fi fan. I, I listen to a lot of Star Trek podcasts. I I'm a Star real Trek. nerd. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. a real nerd. So I listen to those. I listen to some music ones too. Um, Tone Mob. That's a pretty big podcast. I think they they've got quite a few folks following that and just other random ones but what draws me in uh shockingly is going to be the person running the podcast because you you know i I go through a lot of them you listen to you know a half a minute and you kind of know if you want to get into that or not at least for me and so i think that you're you know i started to listen to it uh your line of questioning uh makes a lot of sense and kind of you know like you said it kind of digs into the emotional roots and stuff and that makes it interesting to listen to because it's you know it's not as much about you know buy my album or this and that it's just more like who, who are you and who who's the person making this music so that i appreciate yeah. and yeah yeah you definitely so we're the same age so you have a lot of musical knowledge which uh, helps when you're talking about the topic uh, for for hours on end and yeah. uh, your, your intellect peter comes through too and so that that is all very apparent and that made me uh, stick onto your podcast. So I, I hope this gets big for you. I really do. I saw you had soft kill on there and, uh, and so a couple other bands too, that are pretty big. So that's, that's awesome, man. I appreciate that, man. And yeah, you know, absolutely. like it's, it's kind of freaky. The, uh, the size of some of these upcoming groups that I'm going to have on because like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who they were following that kind of <laughs> hipped them to what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's a cool title that's why that, that, that <laughs> might be it and my, it my, is, wife, hey, yeah. my yeah. wife made fun of me she's like the book of very very bad things no but that's perfect that's stupid yeah post looperish <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to well, yeah i know <laughs> but, but somehow like, it sticks you know? I don't know these things just kind of like roll off the tongue yeah but um there is also that aspect of what you're doing that has, and not just because, not just because there's no vocals, there's that, that, uh, film soundtrack film score. Yeah. Yeah. A score. That's a good one. <laughs> bent to what you're doing at that, that 
kind of brings to mind uh maybe like not 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 angelo battlemanti but someone similar someone like a someone a little darker and yeah. i don't i i don't have i don't have specific you know (laughs) people that i could that i could point in the direction of because i don't think anyone's doing like a really post-punk ish soundtrack to uh you know your current cadre of films but it it does lend itself to thematic scenes like yeah you could conjure them up if you're just sitting and listening it is very atmospheric and uh, very ambient in its way yeah yep and it has a uh, big, uh, big, big hits and big explosions, and yeah, that's very somatic, uh, somatic, and just the 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 videos that go along with it is kind of um, my interpretation, kind of of what right. that might look like, and uh, and kind of it's fun to stitch those together. But yeah, I mean, like if I was post rock, I think it'd be good to go. Yeah, you can put out instrumental albums all day long, but you know, honestly, it's not. It's got post rock wink to it here and there, but and so that's the thing. I mean, I think my my goals are well. First of all, my only goal is just to to make tunes to amuse myself and share it with others. So I've already achieved my musical goals. I'm never trying to 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 be anything specific or anything. Just to kind of keep it going and do better too. It's a as a, as a type A personality, I always want to do it a little bit better, tweak sure. it a little bit more. And so that's the payoff I get is the next song. And I rarely look back at stuff. I, I put out, um, whether I'm posting it or not, you know, like maybe, I don't know, three, four or five songs a week. Um, and, and a lot of them I do kind of stop, you know, at the verse chorus. Um, and some of them I, I, I build up more and put a bridge in there and actually finish it up. But I think that goal is pretty much met as long as I'm doing it. And the second goal is I better just, you know, take them out of my purse and, and get up to this microphone in the back and just start saying something. Yeah. Um, because it's easier to draw other people in just in terms of sharing it, not necessarily advertising per se, if you have that vocal, because we all want to hear the human voice right? We're people. And so we yeah, listen for that, you know, so. I think, and I think that's like as much as I, love post-rock and my old band toured with godspeed you black emperor like i love those nice. people but awesome. they're they're like and it's interesting and fun but at the end of the day as much as i love the rachels and godspeed you black emperor and and mm-hmm. explosions in the sky and all of these groups or this will destroy you i oh, would love them there's a big part of me that just wants to hear verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus done is it our generation is because we're just brought up like that i don't know maybe well (laughs) maybe maybe not because like even this generation they they you know the my daughter's 21 years old because i'm old as fuck my son's three i hit the family reset button but i have a 21 (laughs) year old daughter and what she likes is in essence what i do and what i like which is verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus done you know they're they're pop music it's still pop music hardcore punk rock and roll death metal Mm -hmm. it's all and i played in death metal bands for years it's Mm -hmm. all pop music it's all the structure is the same 
Yes. And as a musician, and I'm sure you as well, when you listen to music, there's a part of you, big or small, that listens for that structure. Yes. And listens for those Expect changes. Expect yeah. And, and it's funny because I talk to other people that aren't musicians and they just can't describe it that way. They're just like, I just like it or I just listen to it. But I almost analyze it all the time. And I think it's a familiar, it's the familiar pattern that draws us back because we grew up on those strong structures. And so we want to gravitate towards it. doesn't matter if it's death metal or shoegaze or, or any of this stuff. It doesn't matter the, the instrumentation per se. It's just the structure and how things flow. Slow dive. And, yeah. They just slow dive in my, my bloody Valentine. It was mm -hmm. still pop music. It just took longer to get there. Yeah. It was just washier and you couldn't figure out the words and you couldn't and figure out the words. Maybe that's what I need to do. Just drown it all in reverb. And he's like, yeah, he's saying something. And it's only the melody that's important. Yeah. We'll have to experiment. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, and it's funny thing going off of that too, um, with the streaming services. Okay. So I, you know, we grew up on, uh, cassettes, you know, CDs vinyl. and to this day, vinyl, you know, I don't have the only reason why I don't have vinyl is because I'm afraid of it. Because as soon as I get it, get the record player going, I, all, all my money is going to get dumped into it. And I so have 5, I thousand records behind me. I know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I see that. <laughs> and I'm just, I probably will do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm still resisting. It's kind of like comic books too. I love comics as a kid. And, uh, you know, it's just like, man, I want to get a couple, I don't get a couple of series again. Now they're like five bucks a piece, but I'm afraid of the uh, avalanche that's going to happen. So I stay away from the vinyl for now, but you know, streaming services, Spotify, uh, YouTube, I still, I don't have any playlists. I, I can't bring myself to make a playlist because I grew up listening to albums. Mixed and I tapes. listened to albums and we made mixtapes. That's, that's true. We we did. Yes. Yes. But a lot of the, yes, absolutely. Especially the hair metal days. Uh, that's college radio stations to tape them off the radio and yeah, massive mixtapes, massive mixtapes. My early, for hip, the my yeah. early hip hop days, I made, I made real mixtapes off of college radio because you didn't hear hip hop yeah. on the actual radio. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It was cool back yeah. then. <laughs> now it's everywhere, but yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's that re the remnant of uh, your, your, your upbringing, I guess. And so when I'm on uh, YouTube music, I don't use Spotify. I don't know why it just doesn't work for me as well. I use YouTube. Music. There's a lot of weird things on Google and YouTube. So I'd like to pull those things. And so I kind of use YouTube, but I still don't have any playlists. And when I hear a great band uh, or something like that, I will listen to the album in order <laughs> oh yeah yeah and because that's do what that. we did yeah yeah i'll still do that and i'll get in the car and uh when i get really excited about a band i'll listen to them straight for like a, a week or two and i'll just oh, play yeah. the album over and over again from start to finish and you know and then you move on but it's just kind of funny with all these um tendencies as you 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 grow up in the kind of differences and genres and stuff and the how you listen to music you know is, is also different too now I can't listen to the Rolling Stones, uh, Exile on Main Street, out of order. Yeah, it that's bothers a long, you, right? That's a long fucking album, man. <laughs> that's three LPs. I yeah. I have I my you know I yeah. never stopped collecting vinyl. I'm not one of these people who jumped on the train. I yeah, was right. gifted my father's collection of Doors, oh. Stones, Beatles, and his expansive jazz collection. 
and I just kept buying vinyl and being a hardcore kid, everything still came out on vinyl. So yeah. we just, I just kept buying. So my collection is, is, uh, you know, the chronology of my life. Mm -hmm. truly it's a part of you yeah. yeah it's legitimately a part of me yeah. so when i hearken back to my favorite albums like the rolling stones exile on main street i can't listen to shine a light before i listen to turd on the run it's not possible it doesn't it's go not, that way it doesn't go that way <laughs> it goes it's like not this. possible <laughs> right I, I can't jump ahead and go back that's like watching nope. the end of a movie and going back to the beginning, unless it's a Tarantino film, I can't do it. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. And it's just, it's, it's funny. Yeah. And so it's part of, part of what you did growing up and that just kind of stays with you. I guess that's uh, what like makes that. me, that's what makes me old because I embrace all <laughs> the newness and, and, you know, the, the nouveau, uh, sounds, oh, uh, yeah, of, of bands like soft kill who sound like they could have happened when I was, 15 but that they have a new twist on it um but no one's listening to uh you know dead kids r.i.p city from front to back except for probably yeah. people like me and I, I do too and even the new stuff i still listen to yeah absolutely i got all the soft kill stuff oh i actually really like their demo stuff it's just got a great yeah yeah. kind of nature to it. I actually do play those quite a bit. I think Savior is their, their, their top album for me. It's got that sound to it that's very consistent. It's just got, you know, the way it was recorded, um, a lot of compression and stuff, just uh, yep. sounds awesome. But yeah, all those bands that are, are coming out, uh, real young bands. Um, and, I, you know, I like a lot of different, actually a lot of the stuff that you have on here is kind of the umbrella that I, I like as well. So I'll listen to that kind of Russian type post-punk, uh, very yeah. simple single guitar line things. Um, and, uh, the more grittier kind of, um, post-punk that's, uh, you know, a little bit more overdriven and really everything in between. And I still listen to yeah. those albums when I find them in order. And, um, you know, I, I also reach out to a lot of bands too that I like on Instagram. Uh, you know, that'll you know that'll answer. <laughs> and <then laughs> once in a while, I'll you know, and I'll just say, "Hey, I like your band." And a lot, of, you know, it's a lot of bands will uh, respond back and say, "Thanks, man. Yeah, I like your stuff oh, yeah. too." So it's kind of social media is kind of cool. <laughs> if if you were to hit up Lebanon Hanover right now, they would get right back to you because they're <laughs> right. not only are they awesome, but they're cool like that. They're cool people. Yeah. That's nice to to know that it's a community and uh so that's that's pretty cool. Because really as that's a, the driver of any of this is just kind of connecting with folks, I think, at the end of the day. As a matter of fact, I legitimately had no idea you were my age when I reached out to you and had heard your music, I saw yeah. you and I saw another bald guy with, 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 uh, you know, graying to white Scruff. facial hair. Yeah, like that's me. right. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Holy shit. Our, okay. Okay. I'm not alone. Yeah, still our, doing it. You're still doing yeah. it. I'm still doing it. We're still here. The funny yeah. thing is like when you are, you know, that's your thing and you're growing up, like, why would you, you're not going to get out of it. I mean, I guess you can like people grow and stuff, but if that's your passion, you know, yeah. intentionally, you're going to stick with it. It doesn't matter the the age, you know? Um, and, and so I had, I had yeah. quit doing music right around the time you said you had too, because I was, yeah, you know, I was about 24 when my daughter was born and I was in a band that was doing some good things. You know, we were mm -hmm. 
we were touring with some bigger bands and I was like, yeah, all right, I'm, I gotta be dad now. So I love you guys, but goodbye. And I raised my daughter and I, you know, got into the nine to five world because before that I like, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I had no use for it. I was in college and I was playing music and I didn't care about much. I was doing a ton of drugs, having a lot of Mm -hmm. fun. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I, 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 put the brakes on that Mm -hmm. to raise a kid and when i came back to it i i went full on yeah full on again like i was 24 again and you know now i have a three-year-old so i can't quite do that but i'm i'm not going to cut it out not there's no reason it's part part of who you are yeah and i don't think my son canaan would appreciate it if (laughs) <laughs> I were just like I used to do this or that. He's not going to respect. Yeah. He's not going to respect that. My wife, you... my wife, my yeah. wife wouldn't respect that. <laughs> so she's supportive. One she's supportive million. My wife is two That's million great. percent supportive of everything That's I do. Awesome. Yes. That's great. She's a filmmaker. That's... She still videotapes all of my shows. Nice. And, and makes music videos. Like she's that cool. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you got to have that support system. Um, my, my wife doesn't listen really to the music, but she's super supportive in terms of she knows I like it. She knows I'm obsessed with it. She allows the purchases that I have no business making. And so in that way, that's really uh, super supportive. I mean, you can't, really can't get more supportive than that to, to, to allow it to happen in front of you where, you know, it's kind of insane. You don't but, have uh, kids yeah. floating around the... Yeah, I got a eight and an eleven year old girl. Oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, so they're so now, they really don't think ha- it's cool. No, nope. yeah, they don't think it's cool. No, nope, they're they're into other things. Uh, you either do go one way or another, right? Your your kids either love what you're doing or, or they don't. I mean, I think they think it's funny and stuff like that, but they're supportive <laughs> in the sense that they know I'm down here doing some stuff and making some noise. But yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's uh, you know, we'll we'll see where they they go. They're still. They're still pretty young, so we'll see how they turn out, what kind of music they like. <laughs> when I was like, like, I can't even say five. I was younger than that. My dad was listening to everything from John Coltrane to Jimi Hendrix to, you know, his favorite band, The Doors, which are still a vastly important band to me, The Stones. Mm-hmm. I listen to all of it still. It's still a part of me. My, my dad... Mm-hmm who I had a very fucking tenuous relationship with such a driving force for me because he was a musician and I be, I became a musician and my youngest brother became a musician. We were just, my sister closest to me in age played the flute, even like everybody played Mm. something. Everybody played something. something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that is, yeah. I mean, that's really important to have that, those roots and stuff like that. My, I, I was an only child, uh, raised by my mom and she worked a lot so for me even though the music was in the house I brought it in the house and I had neighbors and they were into stuff and so I gravitated towards that as kind of again like especially in the 80s that escape fantasy was bigger than life and that was really a draw uh-huh. and I so just that, always love yeah so yeah yeah no there is there is a an impetus to the misery then because where was <laughs> where was dad right yeah I guess he wasn't around he was uh also passionate about stuff too. And, um, 
but he he just uh he loved gambling and he loved drinking and wanted to do something else so he wasn't around much and mom was okay but she was working a lot so it was left me and the you know no brothers and sisters but i still had neighborhood kids you know neighborhood friends and stuff like that and so you know looking at their interests and kind of they they brought me into the whole music thing and once i really got hooked on it and again this is pretty early on i i played flute too i, I was in band i played saxophone tenor alto flute uh jazz guitar uh, yeah. and jazz band all of these things i played like seven different instruments now, i didn't play them well i, I played them <laughs> <laughs> but guitar was the only one that because like let's face it there's not like a lot of flute music you know maybe just we're tall or something like tall, that. yeah unless yes. you're into like yeah. listening yeah. to aqualung and thick as a brick all the time then maybe yeah all the time me, but... so the band was like a I, I knew that was my home right and um mm -hmm. so uh and then bringing in the more you know modern uh or not modern instruments but the more pop culture centric like guitar and bass and stuff like that and um so yeah i mean i've just always been obsessed with it for the the end result of just making it where was the zappa so, then if you, if you were a a, a band kid in school yeah I'm surprised Zappa isn't, isn't some infiltrating I, your psyche. Yeah. Somewhere. I, you know, I just, I guess I missed him. I, you know, I, I was aware of him. I just, you know, I guess there's other, other bands going on, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good example of I was um, a band all geek. those different things. I was Were a you? band. I was a band. What did geek. you, what did you play? Bass. Oh, bass. bass. Okay. Bass, 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 bass the whole way. And I was in the high school jazz band and all nice. of us, where all of us were punks we all played in punk and hardcore bands yep. especially in high school but um we were also well well into two things zappa and mm -hmm. rush zappa oh, rush and rush and then <laughs> zappa and then rush because yeah. it was like i graduated in 1993 so Me you too. know Me like too. there was a i skipped a grade too uh because i was smart a, I, nuts <laughs> nuts smart smart maybe nuts definitely they're trying to get you out of there they're like all right you, you can go <laughs> this, this this fucking kid talks to things that aren't there get him out right. of here. get him out yeah you passed it you did good yeah, yeah. you're beautiful you're really kid good. go it's a good thing i was cute because god damn it they were right. afraid of me i think but um uh, <laughs> but zappa and rush kind of like that they they uh for as uncool as they may seem now were very very oh, cool. huge back then especially cool. back then um oh yeah and i still think rush is incredibly cool i still think frank frank zappa is incredibly cool they are <laughs> but if you're going to if you're going to play in a jazz band which is what we did we had a renowned mm. jazz band when in 1991 we played giant stadium oh wow you guys with my with my shitty ass little high school jazz band but um you know, there there was that uh, that tie to that prog rock mixed with that jazz thing. And oh yeah, it's definitely the similar language. You played yeah. uh, upright bass, or I electric? played uh, I played electric, five string, and upright bass. Yeah, nice. I have my first tattoo. Props. My first tattoo uh, was very very jankily done. Very janky. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a stray cat's tattoo. Because Slim Jim, yeah, so let's Slim Jim yeah. Phantom was my hero when I was a kid. Nice. And the bass player like the from Iron Maiden. 
<laughs> nice Iron Maiden. Because, That's one of the metal one of the metal bands I never really got into, and it wasn't like intentional, but there's so much other stuff. But I went back years later, and uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate Iron Maiden. I will go on to not to get off topic, but I'll get on YouTube. I don't know if you do this once in a while. You just get into nostalgia, and you you click on some '80s thing, and you get yeah. lost in the '80s hole, and you're just like an hour and a half later, you're still looking through, you know, rap videos and things like that, and like '80s pop, and yeah, that Listen. happens to me occasionally. <laughs> especially if you want to take in like on the hair metal end rat and cinderella and yeah. if you want to go on to the power metal thing it's going to be maiden and it's going to be priest absolutely and I, yeah. i'll go on these tangents because i still i i just still love all of them but yeah uh, no i still do yeah but but there's and maybe this- it's not in rotation you know every day but when you get on, you're like, yeah, this was great. You know, it's great regardless of the the time. It was just a different thing. And except, uh, except yeah. for Maiden, Maiden's always somewhere very close to my purview. There, there's something yeah. about them, even like their newer albums, which yeah, eh, they're good. But it's it's an also ran. You know, yep. I've I've heard it before, but there was that album uh 99 into 2000 brave new world where Mm -hmm. they they it was the comeback bruce dickinson had just come back um because they replaced him for a couple albums and it was his comeback record and it right it was like a mission statement like you can still be metal it's the new millennium and you can still be a metal band and still be awesome like a a classic metal band and still be amazing for that to be something that was commercially viable at the time makes me uh it, it puts me in such a headspace that what's happening right now in music mm-hmm. makes complete and utter sense because right now early in excess to early cure to early depeche mm-hmm. mode fits in completely with what's happening right now in the underground mm-hmm. i agree Absolutely. And this underground thing is just, it's just a tick away from becoming mainstream. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think there's something undertow going on. Just the perception of you're scrolling through whatever, you know, listening to the bands that are coming out. There's, there's something happening. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. It, it's tough now. Um, just because there's so much, I think there's the the benefit of having the whole history behind you of these younger bands. That's a huge benefit because they can take what they want and take all these great elements and make them their own. And then the the downside is there's just so much of it, and uh, it's good and bad. I want to listen to it all, but it's flooded. It's and, impossible. Uh, it's hard to get your grasp on it. You know what I mean? It's just uh, one of those things. It seems to me though that like you're you're tuned into the important key players okay because oh absolutely because absolutely. like you're listening to topographies right absolutely yeah no they're and, great they sound and, great and look at their pedigree i mean that's mm-hmm. like that's the son of the drummer of the cure you know like you oh have, i didn't know that <laughs> i didn't know that really you didn't know gray yeah. gray from topography no, i didn't know the names his dad is Lowell Tolhurst from the Cure. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. right. He wrote cool. the book about he's he and Robert good. Smith, two imaginary boys. So yeah. I mean, but he doesn't. Very use cool. That. He doesn't use it to his advantage either. 
Well, that's maybe why I didn't know, and good for him for doing that. You know, I got to give Gray a lot of credit. Um, I mean, he's on tour opening for Soft Kill right now. Yeah, yeah. And he could be pulling that card like, my dad was the drummer of The Cure, motherfucker. I, You know, like, yeah. he doesn't do it. He's just, he he's a purchaser of his job. He purchases yeah. books, like rare books for a yeah. library. That's his job. And he wow, has this pretty... am- amazing fucking band in topographies. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't like to, like there was a time in his life. He didn't listen to the cure. <laughs> he probably was done with it. <laughs> no, because it's, it, sick of it, yeah. that's my dad's band, whatever. Yeah. You know? That's not cool. You know, uh, that's crazy. That's now funny. I mean, that's now he likes it, but you know, <laughs> now he likes it. That's character. Character is uh, what you do when people aren't looking. You know, exactly. So that's I, I, I give him props for that. Um, yeah, I mean a, a lot of I'll I'll be honest with you. There's you know I like a lot of these bands, but a lot of it is uh, you know I get it. Uh, buy my album, buy my shirt. It comes. Uh, what else are you gonna say? I guess. I guess yeah. I get a little disappointed when there's nothing more than that. So a lot of bands are you know reach out and have other say hey I like other, I like music too. I'm not just a in a band or musician but i i'm a music fan primarily and there's a lot of folks that are doing that and then there's some that are just like you know new single out buy this stuff buy that and those those i kind of tend to ignore because um yeah it's just a little too commercial as being a classic uh alt rock kid and we're just like man you don't do that that's not cool well that's not fugazi (laughs) at all i mean I'm wearing my foot, my bootleg Fugazi repeater T-shirt right now under this. It's like, you know, <laughs> there's no such thing as a Fugazi T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, and that's you know, it's just a function of the internet, I guess, and the social media. But um, I I appreciate it when I see other bands acknowledge uh, their fans and stuff like that because I think it's super important. I mean, no one no one's above anyone, and just because you're making the music doesn't make you any more important than the person listening to it. So when bands and bands that are a little bit bigger, maybe up and coming and have a lot of followers are engaging in their fans. I, I appreciate that. That's a signal to me that they've got some character. And then, you know, the ones that you are only about themselves, you say, Hey, great tunes. They never answer you. And I, I see it from other posts too, or yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way being a Gen oh, Xer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still, I still <laughs> yeah. suffer from it. I reach out to people like, and I'll spill out like I've had this one, this one, this one, this one on the podcast, and I get yeah. bupkis in response. So I mean, I'm not yeah. going to hate on them, but you know, now that now that my show's kind of happening and people are kind of liking it, am yeah. I gonna have am I gonna have them on? Probably not. They're probably at the bottom oh. of the list. <laughs> no, and it's that, you're um, done. You had your shot. It's it's, it's, it's like done. the ego, the sense of the 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 sense of self is too too strong, and people get confused when folks are paying attention to them. They think that's some sort of ticket to I don't know blow that ego up, and I, I promise you it's not. And they'll learn uh, maybe down the line or not, but yeah. either way, it's a poor form. I yeah. Think. <laughs> especially when you're dealing with a punk rocker you know what i mean like i'm yeah. never gonna forget i'm never gonna <laughs> right we're never yeah and, that's a gen x thing too never forget yeah. anything hold well, grudges <laughs> gen x is punk rock punk punk rock is absolutely gen x. let's face it that's all the it same is. and yep. you know like i could take someone else like uh the band the band health okay health is massive okay. 
they've been on tour with Nine Inch Nails. They've done a song with Trent Reznor. They're big. Mm-hmm. They're very big. Mm-hmm. I had two episodes out, and John from Health. I hey, I do. That's who thing. that was. I did see. That. I didn't listen to it yet, but I saw the Health thing. That's where. Yeah. Really? So I, they I, opened up for uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, they've done songs with them. Their the, wow. health is a big, big deal right now. I reached nice. out to him when I had nothing, nothing. He's like, really? yeah, I'll do, he's I'll like, do yeah, because oh. he's a hardcore awesome. kid. He's an old hardcore right. kid. That's why. So he just you connected and resonated with that, and that's all that. And that's a that's a genuine person. How yeah. how big do you think your podcast is at this point? Because I, I think I saw now. I know when you get on different platforms, those followers aren't global. I think. So if I have an app, I'm not on iTunes, I'm on Android, you'll see X amount of followers, but I don't think that's accurate. I don't know if you had any idea of how many people are checking you, know, you out lately, Peter. I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, 100% honest with you. The metrics that I receive are very, it's a very slim margin of what I'm actually pulling because I, mm-hmm. would, have to, I would have to log into uh, Apple podcasts. I would have to log yeah. into Amazon and iHeartRadio and YouTube and everything. And I am so inept when it comes to social <laughs> media and everything. Yeah. As far as I know, it's everybody who uh, engages with me on Instagram. And I know yeah. that's not the case. I know that's not the case because my the podcatcher I currently use Mm-hmm. They they tell me who listens to me through their podcatcher, and that's right. it. Yes, right. So correct. I I'd kind of have to parlay into every platform that is carrying me, and I I wouldn't have the patience for it. No, I do. I don't. I I, I don't. What I, I start do, to do would be like, you know what? I lost interest already. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> what I what I do know is no one's paying me yet, so it can't be that big. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the podcast, so iTunes doesn't give you, is that not like Spotify where you get 0. 0.0003 cents per stream or something like that? I don't even know how that, that works not for the podcast. For, not for a podcast. Podcasts are still intellectual property, but do okay. not pay out per stream. That comes out hmm. to, uh, um, uh, the metric is however many people listen. Okay. That's when advertisers start to pay attention and start to oh, come, come to you and say, Hey, he, uh, you know, we'll give you such and such amount to be at this point in your podcast, beginning, middle, end. Um, yeah. And I've been approached, but it's by nothing that I would currently represent. Yeah. Cause you have to, right. You got to kind of believe in it too. Yeah, uh, exactly. so I, I, I respect that for you saying, yeah, I might get some money here, but I'm just going to, this is a wackadoo uh, lip balm. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put that up there. It's going to sound really like goofy, but I, I'm a plumber for a living, even though I have an English degree. Yeah, that's great. I'm a, I've been a plumber for a living for over 26 years, something like that. I make nice. enough money that I could feed my family. There's a roof over our heads and I have health yeah. insurance. So in order for me to make uh, or, or to uh, generate money off of something uh, with, with any sort of dignity, I yeah. would, ha- I would have to believe in it at that point. Yeah. I mean, yes. I so you, you don't need it. You got to believe in it. Yeah. You don't need yeah. the small potato, this and that just to e- do it. Yeah. E- even if I did need it, I still wouldn't because I don't want to pop in halfway through 
my conversation with you and sell some <laughs> sell somebody a meal plan. Widget. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, like like the slap chop yeah. or whatever the frig they're trying to sell. I, I'm I'm not that's your guy. Great. I'm just not. Yeah, your guy. that's yeah. You're you're misunderstanding. That's somebody else. Yeah. Well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's merch. Maybe you got to get into the merch or something. Uh, maybe down the road. Down the road, maybe. <laughs> but I think you know it's funny that we talk about. You know, this is very relevant to the music too. You know, we're not. I'm not getting paid either. I, I'm not sure. I even care. Honestly, I have enough. Where, I mean, everybody wants, you know, a million dollars and as much money as possible, but it's, I don't want to get, uh, to, I don't want to do it where it starts to feel like I have to do something or I've got to fit into something or I've got to do it for these reasons. So, you know, I, I haven't really made any money. I, I don't care. I tell people on uh, stories, just download it for free, you know, and, yeah. uh, for Bandcamp stuff. Um, so maybe someday I'll, I'll put out a t-shirt or something like that, but that's the least of my concerns. I was going to hashtag stuff, uh, do it for the culture. So you're yeah. not doing it necessarily for the followers or um, any sort of a specific recognition. You're doing it to be part, part of the culture. So you're part of the, I, part of I the want, fixture of it. What I want to do is I want to, you know, I'm trying to cultivate a, uh, a playlist of my own really i'm i'm mm -hmm. curating a group of human beings that i find interesting relevant and inspiring that's really mm -hmm. all it is that's really all this is i don't interview anyone that i don't believe in or, or enjoy fully mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. i wouldn't even bother i wouldn't care and that comes through. And I think that's the same as music too. your, your band and other music people are doing. It's um, if you are genuine in your intention, eventually you will draw genuine people and yeah. you'll get what you're putting out. So if you're hustling and again, it's not wrong, but you're probably going to get folks to gravitate towards that. They're of the same mindset. And if exactly. that's your thing, that's great. But if you're trying to just connect and uh, discuss topics and passions and music, then you're going to draw those people in. I promise you, long term, um, that's going to benefit you and and hopefully me because I'm trying to put it out purely too. And yeah, and I think that'll help us at the, at the end. We just got to sit sit tight and and do it for the culture. You know? Yeah, exactly. And and we've definitely talked about me more than enough because I don't. <laughs> no, I enjoy I, it. Absolutely. I'm I'm very I'm not a I'm not an interesting human <laughs> being by any stretch. But <laughs> oh no, I don't think if, so. If I if I were to uh, if I were to give you an example of of what mm -hmm. I do. Mu like on this musically everything that that snippet of that song that everyone hears at the beginning of the podcast is a song called martyrs mm -hmm. and the entirety of that song is legitimately the, the the as goofy and trite as it sounds lyrically speaking that song is about a thought i'd had when i was 15 years old where I had such a loathing for where we had come from <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I, I, I told, I told my mother that it would have been better had I <laughs> killed myself and all of my siblings <laughs> than to perpetuate the family line that we'd been born into. And you know, that's I, great lyrics right there. <laughs> yeah. 
and 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 the fact of the matter is, is i don't believe that now but i was writing course, course. i was writing right. from the perspective of like a four, 13 14 year old yeah. curmudgeonly misanthrope that had a hard on <laughs> for my dad you know and and like i didn't i didn't understand him yet you know my dad had been in sure. vietnam i'd seen pictures of him with human ears around his neck you know <laughs> well, that's what it was back then yeah. when i when i was out like doing coke and heroin and and having mm-hmm. sex with everything and everyone you know <laughs> my, my dad was in asia yeah shooting at people he didn't even hate <laughs> right know, yeah you know what i mean like, so yeah. and it's war and it's fucked and it's awful but it is yeah. you know what i mean like I, so i'm judging a man that i couldn't possibly i couldn't possibly yeah like, understand like, uh un- understand his journey you yeah. know and and i like my dad passed a couple of years ago i was i was with no, him sorry. as you went and i well it happens like he, yeah. he was in his 70s but right. you know like agent orange is a motherfucker and yeah. you know <laughs> watching watching this guy go like my namesake i'm named after him i'm just like the fucking guy as much as i yeah. had beef with him uh you know like i i didn't try to understand <laughs> well you couldn't really i mean who, who no, can it no. uh, 14 and 50 you just don't have a perspective yet you just don't under you, you just can't understand because you haven't no. frankly lived long enough and i think about those same things in, in my life and, and not understanding whether it be a family member or situations and you just got to grow in into it and out of it and you kind of look back and um you have the better perspective or more more complete perspective at that point just like you had recently so yeah but i I think my point is is like we all put into the universe what like you know our experiences whether they be good bad and different Mm -hmm. And, and as long as they're pure of heart as long as they're mm-hmm. honest, as long as it's, as long as it's something real, someone mm-hmm. is going to hear it. It's it, someone's going to care. It's going to change someone's mm-hmm. life. I don't care if it's three of them. I don't care. Yeah. And, and it does happen. And I, I, I agree. I recently have had, you know, I, I don't even know how many followers I have, uh, maybe 800 or so, but you know, a lot of those you don't enter. I don't know about you, but you don't interact with like most of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's probably like a good 30 to 40 or 50 that are interested in what I'm doing, like consistently where they'll intentionally, um, check it out. And then there's probably like a dozen that actually want to interact on a more regular basis, just talking about bands and music and things like that. But I've, yeah. I've definitely had a couple long messages already that, um, not weird at all. Um, just real people there like, Hey, I, I get what you're trying to do. Like I, I, uh, I resonate with the music. I understand you're trying to tell a story. That it's a beautiful story. Um, it's, you know, every time I, I, it's consistent. And uh, I, I understand, even though you're not saying anything, and I don't type on Instagram, I don't do any kind of words or uh, put myself out there. But I, and that's the point that they look at the the 59 second video and I'm able to transfer the emotion or thought of the day without, you know, kind of saying anything just with some random images in the music. So that that's really humbling to me and hearing how it impacted. I had a couple of people say, Oh, wistful. So good. I'm just, I wasn't ready for, it. I didn't really, it didn't occur to me that anyone was really listening to it more than <laughs> once. And well, like, you know, a couple of folks are like, yeah, I've got it on nonstop. I'm like, it's, 
There's no words. <laughs> I mean, but I would. You know, I was yeah. listening to it before. You know, uh, I surprised. followed you or you followed me. I, I I really liked it. I just yeah. You know, I got hipped to it, and I it, humble. Yeah, I, I plugged it in and it didn't really go too far from my purview. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I really appreciate all that feedback. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny because you don't think about that when you're doing it. Like when you're doing your podcast, especially probably in the beginning, you're not thinking about who's listening to this and, you know, as the topics come up and they're, you know, deep topics, these are serious. Some of these, you know, drugs and family stuff. And, but that uh, resonates with people and um, some people are out there and they're listening to that and that's helping them. And so in the same way, you know, music, of course, is a huge savior. You know, a lot of, a lot of people will tell you that, but oh, yeah. that's something that's very, you know, I, I take very seriously and like kind of treasure those uh, thoughts and never take any of that for granted and kind of um, I do it anyways. I'll do, I'll do the music anyways, but it definitely is a, a perk to know that um, you're affecting somebody out there. That's kind of cool yeah. to think about. Yeah, it's the um, yeah. it, it's the universal salve for everything that aches, burns, infects, and tortures. Truly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. truly, I've yeah. uh, there. There's and legitimately too. There is no h- horrible time in my life that doesn't have the hallmark of a song, album, or artist attached to it. The absolutely the, enti- the entirety of the story of my life has a soundtrack and I can name every artist. I can name every album and every song that are intrinsically tied to every massive moment in my life. Absolutely agree. Is there, I'll ask you something. Is there any songs or albums that you can't listen to? Because yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) I, I could legitimately like just rattle them off too, because it's, yeah. And a lot of them don't wouldn't make sense to a lot of people because a they wouldn't have heard of a lot of these bands and b right uh, if they did they'd be like why <laughs> you know, yeah, right maybe and that doesn't make sense you know but like there's well a, it's like what you said it's your your life moment at that time that's why and none of that is reflected in the song but as you burn that into your brain though those are the consequences and it's not good or bad I mean it's still it's just music. That's part of it. It's uh, the stuff you gravitate towards and stuff that, oh gosh, I can't, I can't hear a part from the cure at all. <laughs> just skip right over it. You know, things like that. That's There's a band called, too. a band called feeder from the UK who, uh, that, heard of that. feeder are, feeder. they were on the soundtrack to can't hardly wait. They were like, okay. They, they, they ebbed and flowed in a, a very like austere popularity. Like they, they poke their heads out and go back underground and, but they're yeah. very, very poppy, very, uh, mod oriented almost mm-hmm. in their, in their way. But, uh, they had an album called, uh, Oh Jesus. If I polythene that I legitimately cannot listen to. Yeah, because of that time, because huh? because of that time period, yeah. and because of the person I was tied to at that time period, yep. and, yeah, and the absolutely. subs, the substances I was yeah. in into at that time period, because of, I mean, that's that's a uh, that's a recurring theme in my life because <laughs> I'm a I was a garbage head for a long, a long time, but 
Yeah. You know, oh, in like, younger years too, I, I was as well. I mean, I think that's uh, you know, with all that um, yeah, you know, the trauma that you you know of uh, having your dad and um, you know, not connecting with him, and you know, for me, it was just like not connecting with anyone or having someone to connect to. So I also did a whole bunch of drugs, especially in my early twenties. Twenties was bad, bad, yeah, bad time. Um, never never did heroin or anything like that um because i probably would have been dead but did a lot of oh. coke yeah did, uh, a lot cool. of crack uh psychedelics just a garbage head. yeah just yeah. whatever you could get well, uh to, to kill the pain <laughs> coke coke's fun until it becomes crack let's face it crack was not fun <laughs> no 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 i mean cause you get yeah no i mean it was great uh but it was you know getting getting off it was tough and uh had to, to stay, you know, in a couple centers and stuff like that to get yeah, off. Yeah, but of. like once you smoke it, I mean, it, it, it changes form. Let's it face changes, that. yes. It changes who you are as a person. Yeah, because uh, it changes like, who you are as a person. Yeah, you could really you does. could do a couple lines with your friends and you're having a blast, but the yeah, second, that was okay. The second you freebase it, you're nope. you're you're putting, <laughs> you're putting tin foil over windows and dude, they're out yep. there. They fucking know. They yes. know. <laughs> yep, they know, and they're coming in here. And I already heard them. And, and I have uh, a gun up all night. Yeah, <laughs> and up all night, and not being able to sleep. And that was that's probably the worst one. Uh, you know, even in, um, I quit smoking cigarettes too a long time ago. But a lot of addiction. And that's probably a threat in a lot of musicians, uh, especially people that are really passionate. Uh, about music or whatever they're doing art and stuff like that and yeah so a lot of that just like in your life those threads carry on and even though that was decades ago now um the 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 emotions are still there and a lot of times when it's not about really dwelling on dark stuff and a lot of the stuff i write is kind of dark it's about maybe more of a release or a outlet um well it never goes away there no it doesn't it it doesn't really ever go away I mean, just like I learned in treatment, you're always mm-hmm. a junkie. You're just yes. not always using. Yeah, that's very you know, true. I am a yeah. I am a heroin addict. I am an mm-hmm. opioid addict. I am a cocaine yeah. addict. You're just not currently doing it. I'm just not yeah. currently using any of it. Yeah. So and hopefully and, we'll go many years and, and do that. I'm but, done. um I'm yeah. fucking done. I know I'm done. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I've know, been done for a couple of decades but it was tough yeah. i mean it was something that uh and again I, I wasn't really a party uh party person i i didn't sell anything i just used it but i did it more to check out i think yeah um, me too. other other people you know if you're yeah if you're like really extroverted i guess you're part of the parties and i'm not saying there wasn't parties but i wanted to take it and get out of there and go yeah. home and check I, out i got yeah. fucked up alone that was my that yeah. was my big mm-hmm. my yeah, big thing yeah i, I would i would do an eight ball alone alone mm-hmm. and yeah, play i'd be play, there with you in a different place <laughs> I'd, I'd play rock star in the mirror all night fucked up on mm-hmm. yeah it's tough it's a tough time and you know it's just um ultimately the summary is it didn't really help uh take anything away or make it better it didn't uh, do anything think, no it just made <laughs> it, it harder and broker and just uh, uglier and either skinnier or fatter yeah. but the <laughs> But the nice thing about uh, music always has been um, good or bad is that it's always there, you know, and it's always there to to just dive into. If you want to dive into something and immerse yourself in these headphones and stuff, that's what it is. And that's more powerful 
Well, I won't say more powerful, but it's pretty powerful. Along with all the uh, other drugs we've done. Music's <laughs> more powerful. I think so because it's lasted the longest. <laughs> yeah, it does. It lasts the longest, longest, and I haven't had to go into treatment for any music. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Although sometimes it's a little obsessive, and uh, I do spend quite a bit of time doing it. But I yeah. like to do it. You know, it's not hurting anybody, and uh, as long as you balance it out enough. But uh, yeah, I just will continue to do it, and uh, you know, and again, the these, you know, the couple. <laughs> A couple of albums so the the wistful and the wistful gray is the companion one those are just really just getting it out there just to to save it a lot of times my mentality is i'm going to put it on instagram i'm going to put it on to save it i feel like maybe that's a cassette tape mentality or something where you feel like you're going to lose it somehow yeah so i'm like well i better put it out there in the store and i also like listening back later and saying oh i would have done something different there i would have you know try you know recorded it different like that so it's very it's really to to amuse myself and just the fact that even a few folks uh i think it's cool too it's pretty pretty awesome so i'll continue but the posterity of it is is the yeah the, you know the the fact that it's in the hands of others yeah and you know once I mean? it is it kind of takes its own life and it's, it's a lot of times you don't expect it it's not even <laughs> yours anymore at that point no it's not yeah, it isn't. Yeah. And the same with the podcast, too. I mean, you're going to affect people and are affecting people. But in the future, they're going to look back at some some of these and they're going to have their own. This is going to help them. They're going to listen to it in their car, go to sleep with it, and they're going to resonate with all some of these conversations, hopefully. So posterity I hope so. is a good. Yeah, I think it will. I, I drag a lot of dark shit out of a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting and it's real. And, and I'm, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing it to uh, I'm yeah. not do, I'm not doing it to, you know, sort of victimize the people I'm yeah. speaking to at all. It's just Doesn't I'm it's I'm, I'm, I'm relating to everyone because, you know, yeah. I, I did all this. Yeah, no, and I think that's important, too. I mean, those are the things, again, whether it's music podcast, the things I gravitate towards and just what I consume music or information is i just want it to be real and relatable well, i think not, that's I'm why i'm not gonna ask anybody like where do you see rock and roll in 20 years <laughs> you know like, uh, what, a funny what, joke. what would you do if you had a grammy and like you know <laughs> go fuck yourself I'd slap I, people <laughs> i don't even care i don't even right. care and that's that's good because that comes off very genuinely and yeah. uh so i think you'll be successful going down that road I, I just the question they asked in the beginning i thought was very unique i you know it's a it's a it's a good question it's not really a common question and uh it's a good icebreaker but it makes you kind of think too doesn't it right away i mean yeah. what's your biggest existential fear is kind of uh out there it kind of puts you in the mindset maybe it's the, the only question the... it's the only question i write everything else is a conversation i don't plan these yeah. ahead <laughs> I, I listen, I listen yeah. to the music and enjoy it. I have one question and everything <laughs> else, everything else is the icing it's on the cake or organic. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. organically. Yeah. That's great. Well, I'm so enjoying it. What is the, uh, what, what's, you know, your next milestone? What are you, what are you building yeah. towards? Do you think like, like musically, what, what is this next milestone? Or is it is yeah. it a full vocal album? Is it like a fully pop oriented vocal album? Or are you just gonna throw whatever you can musically against the wall and enjoy what happens? 
I mean, from right now, it's definitely 100% been thrown, whatever I want to do, against the wall, and just, I'm not trying to impress anyone, it's just, this is what I do. Come over to my little corner of the internet, we'll watch some weird, cool videos together, you know, welcome, let's chat, you know, I'm very open about the chatting, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so that that is a goal that I'll keep, and honestly, I feel successful just doing that. But, yeah, I think the, the big one is, yeah, you're right, uh, got to get out there and you know i don't uh it's not that i can't it's not that it's terrible it's just that i haven't quite felt got the voice yet comfortable what i'm gonna do with that I actually took some vocal lessons i got so frustrated a couple of years ago and uh, a, a teacher a jazz teacher um did the you know vocal warm-ups and showing you how you're supposed to use your voice because really anybody can sing it's about your control of your breath and how you're using it. So it was a good uh, set of lessons for that, you know, um, context to learn a little bit more about that. Um, I could have learned that from YouTube or something, but it was kind of cool to hang out with this old uh, jazz lady and she's super good. Um, yeah. she, she showed you some... where your diaphragm was basically. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. She had me laying on the ground and doing yeah. all these kind of things. You have so to know where legit. your diaphragm is. That's yeah. It. She was legit. And we did some exercises and, uh, She's like, holy shit, you got probably almost a three octave range. That's big. Um, yeah, it's big. She was actually, because they'll, they'll tell you to do, you know, the notes on the piano, and yeah. you have to do them right. You can't just, like, make a squealing sound or something like that. So I had to control it. And she was pretty impressed. And she's like, you know, you have a good tonal quality. Um, you just got to control it. And uh, so, I, you know, those are expensive, so I didn't do too many of those, but... That's where my headspace is now. I just got to get the courage and um, try to control things. And I think next next thing is going to be probably just a couple of songs, maybe an EP, and we'll we'll try my best and we'll put it out there and we'll see vocally where it goes. <laughs> but if that doesn't work, I'm just back on Instagram. I just do little videos. I'm like, yep, just look at this video. Isn't that cool? The <laughs> demon and uh, some girls looking off into the forest and uh some flowers and butterflies and that's the thing peter i don't i don't care i like a lot of different things and uh you know some of this might not be cool it might not be cool for a bald-headed guy you know with tattoos to like uh you know like a you know these very um heartfelt sentiments but uh, you know life isn't all dark and brooding it's not all happy it's a combination of everything and so and that's what i try to express is that it's not one dimensional and there there's these kind of longing looks and there's some, you know, sexy time and there's also some brooding demons and it's kind of life, right? It's a combination of all kinds of different things. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just picking your spot really. Yeah. Yeah. It's really about picking your spot. So I guess shit. Uh, if, if we were to, wrap this up in a really tidy yeah. bow what, what, what would your perfect what would your perfect album be to you that you had written what would that be what what would that sound like well i think it would be a little more probably diverse than wistful wistful is a collection of and it's intentional there again there's a 75 80 songs i didn't know how much i intentionally curated those to be darker but i think really what i'd like to put out with vocals is a progression of and this goes back to what we we're talking about where you listen to an album yeah. you listen to the songs in order 
And so maybe the next one, do some singing on it and have that progression because it's kind of, it's, it's really like a, a parallel to every little Instagram post. So the, the little video and the song is taking you through a journey. And so I'd like to do five or six or seven songs, something like that to take you through a journey. It's not all dark. It's not all pink glitter. It's a hodgepodge, but it's gotta be, you know, the success driver is that it has to make sense and that thread that we talked about, how there is a thread that is recognizable that goes through everything. As long as that thread is there and spearing all those, you know, six songs or whatever, I think I'll be happy. And I want the sound good too. And I think I'm getting, I'm getting better at mixing. Oh, the first stuff was awful. But the funny <laughs> thing is about mixing is really is less is more. If you want to mix a good, if you want to record a good album and mix it, you have to record the sound you want to hear on that album. There's no such thing as fixing it in the mix or all this stuff. So a lot of the stuff I had, to, I bought an embarrassingly amount of stuff that I re sold because I thought I needed it. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is at the end of the day, you really only need a handful of plugins, some good mics, just like the classic albums. Yeah. And yeah, of course the rooms and stuff like that, but it was 90% knowledge, 90% knowing what to do and not to do and it's tough all the information's out there you got to sift through it but anything i put out i do try to put out as um as best as i can like record it as best as i can it doesn't mean it's always the same sound i like to experiment with different sounds some more you know cavernous reverb some not but um yeah just to execute it well um and not get lazy on that part so yeah that's the next thing for me i just want to uh, take the balls out of my purse, start moving towards that microphone, and then tell the story just as the one-minute vamp, tell it through five or six songs. And when that happens, I'll I'll hit you up and say, I did it. Here it is. <laughs> and then you come on again and we talk about it. I'll come album. on and say, look, so this, is, this is how I got through, you know, not wanting to sing. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'll look forward to that peter absolutely i hope you come on again and i think thank that's you a beautiful way to leave it absolutely thanks brother appreciate it right, i bro. sincerely hope that your podcast does well um i'll plug it and i'll continue to listen uh, for sure and i will continue to push your band or your project <laughs> not a band Pro project sure <laughs> and absolutely uh, you know i'm i'm enjoying the journey and i can't wait awesome. to see what happens next Great. Thanks, right. buddy. Thank you. We'll talk friend. to you. Yep. Talk. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye bye. All right, folks. That was my friend Jeremy from the group, the project, the entity, Post Looperish. I couldn't be happier about the fact that he really opened up about some things that he probably wouldn't have normally done so with anyone else. And I'm very touched by that fact. I couldn't be more excited by the sounds we're hearing right now. This is the type of thing I really need to be hearing. Uh, the, the sound that I'd been yearning for since I was more than likely a 12 or 13 year old kid discovering the strains of melancholy that were the cure my bloody valentine echo and the bunny men all of these incredible haunting 
electronic slash guitar based projects that haunted my soul as a young young man and now that they have become Dave Gore once again it really makes my listening experience all that more intense so to my brother Jeremy and to you all thank you so much for joining us he's been Jeremy I've been Peter you've been beautiful take care of each other from 333am studios this has been the book of very very bad things podcast good night everyone